of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. everyone, and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Great to be here with you today as we are approaching this Thanksgiving week. And um, whatever you're doing this week, traveling or staying home, whether you're with family or friends or by yourself, uh, quite frankly. Um, And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I am actually going to be by myself for Thanksgiving, and I'll enjoy the day just as well. My family is actually uh, coming to visit me at the beginning of December, and so we are going to combine our Thanksgiving and Christmas together. Um, And so we should really be giving thanks at all times. So whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great one. And um, so thank you for listening today, and I hope this is a good start to your week. Uh, Last week, I submitted to you a book review Glenn Packiam's Blessed, Broken, Given. And today I'm actually getting back to a theological topic. Um, This is one that I think some people have a misunderstanding of, and so I wanted to kind of dive into that. And so Christianity really has faced nearly two millenniums of a faith which has been tested, persecuted, tried, and yet still blessed. And there's a commonality in Jesus Christ which exists among all global believers of diverse backgrounds, traditions, and cultures. And believers throughout the centuries are a part of the same adopted family. And so this collective group of people known as the church comes from disparate cultures, backgrounds, and even eras called the church. Think about that. If you're a Christian, you are part of a family of adopted people going back thousands of years. (laughs) And so all three of the major creeds in the Christian faith, when I talk about these creeds, there are several creeds and um, confessions of faith. The three major ones are the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. The Athanasian Creed is probably the most different. The Apostles and the Nicene Creed are very similar in many respects. Um, and all three of them refer to the body of Christ, the church, uh, and they affirm the Christian belief in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Okay, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. You may have heard settings of the creeds, uh, usually the the Apostles' Creed, set to music, um, and talking about believing in one church universal, or, or specifically the the direct translation from the Latin is one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And so this affirmation kind of dismays many readers and hearers who don't have an appropriate understanding of the church universal. The term Catholic is not the denomination, okay? It's not what that is in this case. It equates to a universal or an all-encompassing church. In other words, the church is a single body of many believers and even many denominations, And so it's appropriate to affirm the Christian belief in this doctrine and to rejoice in this body that Christ has redeemed, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. So if you affirm 
that belief that you are part of one holy Catholic church, that is great, and we should. And there are many people that back off from that because I think the word Catholic is talking about Catholic. Okay, this is probably the most important one in this, this podcast. The three primary Christian creeds don't speak of the Catholic denomination, but rather the universal nature of the church. Brothers and sisters from around the globe, from the most diverse backgrounds, from centuries of history, and from varying degrees of past sin are found as one body called the Bride of Christ. And when I say varying degrees of past sin... What I mean by that is that from a human perspective, when you look at at sin, there are um, perhaps degrees of um, consequences for that sin. All sin is equal, and reality is that we are all equally depraved. But as far as consequential um, evidence, there are certainly varying degrees of past sin. And and so Christians, the, the church is comprised of believers who, uh, believe it or not, you have murderers who are Christians and are going to be with Jesus to people who have only told little white lies. You have all of that. So the church is universal, despite the many local churches and denominations which exist. So consider the church as a body. When a human body has medical needs, you when your body has medical needs, you consult with a physician, um, often a specialized type of doctor, maybe a cardiologist or a podiatrist or an ophthalmologist, whatever the case may be, because each part of the body has different needs. And so in a similar way, local churches and denominations might be considered different parts of the same body. While Jesus, the great physician, meets his people where they are, no matter where they come from. And so in variations of Christian subculture, believers should not forget the universal nature of the body, because the church is a Catholic or a universal church. The fourth essential here is that the church is apostolic. Like the term Catholic, apostolic is often related to something else, uh, usually uh, Pentecostal traditions. I grew up in a Baptist church, but I played in a band in high school Um, in which most of the people in the band were Pentecostal. They were apostolic. But in this case, in these creeds, apostolic refers to the derivation of the apostles. So said another way, the church's roots are secured firmly in the apostles and Pentecost. The church began at Pentecost. Pentecost is the church's birthday. And so while not all denominations employ practices of speaking in tongues or gifts of the Spirit— All churches stem from the beginnings of the church in Acts chapter 2. And so the same spirit who worked miraculously in the early church is the same spirit that works miraculously today and changes believers by his power. So no matter the belief in gifts of the spirit, whatever the case may be, all true believers are part of one church, which is apostolic. And so here's the vital application in all of this. In all of these thoughts, there's one vital application, and that's the unity of the church should be exhibited. Tertullian taught that the unity of the church is a perpetual fact and not something to be reached but exhibited because the unity of the church has already been 
reached and accomplished in Jesus Christ. So we just have to exhibit it. So while the three major ecclesiastical creeds may slightly differ in text, and, and, and they do differ a little bit, the primary source or a primary source of commonality is the ecumenical and, and yet unified nature of the church. To understand the church as one holy Catholic and apostolic is to live a life in such a way that views all believers, regardless of differences, secondary beliefs, or secondary opinions, as people who are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so brothers and sisters by blood often disagree. If you've had a brother or sister growing up, you know that. There are times where you disagree, but they're part of the same family. The church's universal nature in Christ demands a brotherly love which supersedes secondary issues and realizes all believers as the church, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.